Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 73 of Therapy Thoughts with Lindsay. I can't believe we're on episode 73, and as it has been for quite some time now, Randy Cash is there through the computer. Hey, over there. Hey, over there. I saw you in person the other day. It was kind of wild, man. It had been a minute. You did. Randy Cash, when you did, I mean, it literally made me cry. It did. I... I didn't expect to have such like an intense reaction, but when I saw you, I was like, oh my God, it's like live. Actually, it's going to make me cry now. Like, it's like a live person that I love and care about. Oh my goodness. Like, it was really, it was wow. Um, But yeah, you came and painted at my house, which we are very grateful for. I know it was super fun for you. I was happy to help out. That was a very emotional moment for me too. I just took all those emotions and just squashed them down and stomped them (laughs) down like I always do. (laughs) <laughs> so what you're saying is you could have been all sappy and cry and you just squished it all down. No, I was very happy to see. You. I'm just playing. We had fun, no. man. That was a good We time. did. It was a I lot did. of fun. And yeah, you're helping us get our house ready to put on the Marquette. And um, yeah, you painted what a bathroom and fixed a ceiling and painted the hallway. It all looks amazing. You did a great job. Well, thank you very much. I greatly appreciate it. And it was uh, my gift to you. I was happy to do it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I, um, I I think you'll find this funny. Every now and then I'll have people that will message me, you know, about the podcast or whatever. And did you know that people refer to you as Randy Cash? Like rarely do they refer to you as Randy. You're always Randy Cash. <laughs> That's hysterical. I have a few nicknames. Uh, I have another one from another thing that I do. My nickname is Randall R. Cash Money Daddy. Oh my good! I don't even. There's pro. There's probably a whole lot in there we should unpack at some point, but I don't People think today just is that day. Adding money uh, <laughs> words onto the end of it, you know, Daddy. Then I was oh, like, I'm I a father, it. and then it cash Daddy money because Randy cash money. That what's really funny about that though is that you're not actually Randall. That's why it's so funny that that's not actually your name. Right. It's funny. It is. I don't let a lot of people say it, but a few people I let call me that just because it's funny. That's really funny. Yeah. I just thought it was hilarious that like people refer to you as Randy Cash. So anyways, I digress. Very good to see you. Very grateful for that. Um, yeah. And I don't know, we, we may have to figure out a way to do our, our recording live and in person again, but in the new house, I will say, um, I'm going to have a dedicated room that's going to have like those little soundproofy things or whatever they're called, the acoustic things on the wall so that it'll be like really good sound. So I don't know. You, you may, you may not see me in person again. I can't, I can't guarantee that, um, we're going to do recording in person again. This is, this, this may just be the way we do it. I don't know. It's the new way, man. So we're good. I'm all set up for it. So we're there you go. I'm we'll we'll make you. it happen. So we are still working through boundaries. Today, we are going to talk more about material boundaries. So when I talk about material boundaries, this one in some ways I feel like is the easiest to understand, like how to set them. But sometimes it's one of the hardest ones to set with people because what's really interesting is it's a boundary basically about your stuff. Who gets to touch your stuff? Who gets to use your stuff? Who you do and don't give access to your stuff? And then also how you may ask other people to use their stuff, which I don't know if we ever really think about how much of a boundary that really is. But just because you have something that someone else wants doesn't mean that they get access to it, even if that's your family, even if it's your significant other, even if it's your kids. I'm not saying that you want to be selfish to a fault or, you know, stingy with your things or not have like a, you know, a conversation about it. But 
setting material boundaries is very complicated sometimes because when you tell someone, no, you can't borrow that, they can get really bent out of shape about it. Like it can be a big deal. Yeah. A lot of times people feel guilty when they don't want to lend you something, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's a, that's a very powerful tool to play against someone if you really want something. I don't, I don't really think we want to play a tool against No, that's someone. what I'm saying. If you, oh. that's something, if, you, if you're trying to borrow my snowblower and I'm like, no, Lindsay, I don't really want to let you use my snowblower, mm-hmm. but you're like, please, I really need it. And I feel yeah. guilty and I'm like, all right, fine. You can use my snowblower. Oh, Sorry. I see. Yeah, it's like we don't like to say no, especially if someone keeps pushing. I get what you're saying. Actually, I have a great example of this. So this is going back a few years ago, but I had a carpet shampooer and lent it to uh, a neighbor down the street. And it's not that this is a bad person or anything, but lend it to them. And, you know, we were talking before we started recording about like the whole OCD and kind of how I'm very particular about stuff. And sometimes it's hard for me to let other people use my things or even to let other people do jobs for me. Like I let you paint at my house because you're as OCD as I am, I think. And you paint in a very specific way and you deal with my neurotic self that wants to like micromanage it. Not everyone's okay with that, right? I'd rather just do it myself. Well, in this case, this person borrowed the shampooer. And when they gave it back to us, they said, oh, you know, um, I ran out of the the shampoo you told me to use. So I just used some stuff I had, which was the first like red flag. And then the other was that they were like, yeah, we, we went ahead and went over the carpets a good three times before we, you know, called it a day. And, you know, we didn't think much about it until we went to go use it. And realized that not only had the shampoo they used gummed it all up, so now they didn't clean the machine out, but we had to take it in and have it repaired. So not only did we not have use of this product anymore, we had to pay to get it fixed. And when we brought it to their attention, they didn't offer to help or, you know, oh, I'm sorry or anything. Just like, oh, I don't know what happened. It was working fine at my house. And it's like, whoa, dude, like, hang on a second, you know? And so in a situation like that, we decided to set a boundary that we are just not going to lend expensive tools to this person. And not that long after that, maybe six months go by and they asked again, hey, can I can I borrow your carpet shampooer? And, you know, we were honest. We're like, dude, we had to get rid of it. Like it, you know, it, it, it ceased to work. It was going to cost more to fix than was worth it. And we don't have it anymore. And even then there wasn't like really, a, you know, a personal responsibility for the whole thing. So that's an example of us having to set a really firm boundary of just saying, no, you can't borrow that. And if they were to ask to borrow something else, I would think twice and I'm not sure I would just be as lenient or as likely to say yes. And that sucks. But at the same time, just because I have something cool that they want to use doesn't mean they get access to it. it. It's not always easy to navigate that, though, especially when you're talking about interpersonal dynamics with people that, you know, in real life, be it a friend or a neighbor or a relative. Can I borrow your carpet shampoo? <laughs> <laughs> See, but here's the thing. I think you would take care of it because uh, going back to what I said a minute ago, the reason I let you do work at my house is because I trust you to do it, right? I know you're going to take the same meticulous care that I would, right? And I think sometimes it's about that. Other times it is about being able to just say, you know, it is okay even to look at someone and say, you know, I I don't feel comfortable with that. I, I have a certain way that I take care of things and I just don't like lending my stuff. Right. I mean, you can be very firm with it like that, or you can just sort of say like, oh, I don't have it anymore. Not not gonna, you know, don't have it to give whatever. 
And I think sometimes it, it, it's important to be able to set that. But yeah, I mean, if you were to ask, I think that this is where I would go, okay, so Randy has always taken care of things when we've, you know, used the same products for whatever reason. I don't worry that you would damage my stuff. So I would be willing to do it. But here's the other piece. If you did damage it, you wouldn't give it back to me damaged and then act like you don't know what happened to it. Yeah, we don't place a high priority on being accountable and responsible for your actions a lot of times. And, you know, when we do for some things, it's like I always say, we hold too high things that aren't important and things Mm -hmm. that are really important. You know, we don't really hold Mm -hmm. that high priority for. Yeah. And, you know, and it's one of those things. If you came to me and you said, look, I think I broke this. I did not mean to, but I don't really know what to do or what you want me to do. I don't want to mess it up further. Depending on what we were to find out, I might just look at you and go, you know what? Thanks for telling me. I'll take care of it. No worries. Because again, you're accountable for your actions. You're telling me what happened and you're not kind of skirting it and acting like you didn't have anything to do with it, you know? And I think, so when we think about setting material boundaries, it's important to really dig into that and be like, okay, so is this someone I trust with my stuff? And if I don't, it is okay to set a boundary that says, no, you can't have access to this. And I've run into this with clients before where, you know, they're like, why is it that my stuff's always being returned back to me broken? Or why is it that everybody thinks they can just ask me if they can borrow my stuff? And it's like, well, are you saying yes when you don't want to say yes? Because if you are, you're teaching people that it's okay with you that they ask. If you have that boundary, if you set a firm boundary and you say, no, I'm not okay with that, then it gives them a very clear picture of what they can and can't expect from you. And the minute you say no, when you've been saying yes, it could bristle them. It could make them really upset at first because they're used to having that access, you know, or if it becomes a one-way relationship where you're like, man, you know, like they always borrow my stuff, but they don't usually let me borrow theirs, or maybe they don't have anything I want to borrow. It feels like I go buy the thing and then they want to borrow it from me. It's also okay to set a boundary there that says, no, you don't get access to this. I'm sorry. That's just not, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Everywhere in your life, you have boundaries. Basically, I believe you teach people how you want to be treated. Does that, if that makes any sense, you know? It does. Yeah. I, I tell clients that a lot. It's like, you know, you setting a boundary teaches them what you are and aren't okay with. And if you're saying yes to things when you really don't want to be, that is an indication that you need to be taking some inventory. You need to be asking yourself, like, do I need to set a boundary here? Is this something that needs to be addressed? Now that's talking about like maybe a neighbor or a relative or somebody that's maybe distantly connected to you. What happens when it's like your partner, somebody that you live with? Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's someone that lives in your house. Now, all of a sudden, your stuff is their stuff and their stuff is your stuff. And there's a lot of overlap. And so this is where sometimes it's important to be able to set these boundaries or to say, you know what? I've seen how you treat your toothpaste tube. I'm not really on board with that. So I'm going to get you your own unless you want to do it the way I do it. There are ways to sort of keep from arguing about things if it's really not a big deal. Or it's like, oh, you know, I don't like how they take out the trash or I don't like how they load the dishwasher or I don't like how they vacuum the carpet. These can be a form of boundary setting that needs to happen, but you do have to ask yourself, like, is this a fight that I want to have? Like, if it's loaded, is that better than it being loaded your way? 
If it's vacuumed, is that better than it not being vacuumed? And if your answer is that I really need it done a certain way, then it may be that not only are you setting a boundary, but then you're also agreeing to take some work upon yourself, which then you're not able to come back later and be resentful about because you have basically said, I want to take over that task or I want to do it this way because to do it the other way or to do it your way really causes me stress. So I would rather own it myself. Right. So it's all about negotiating almost like the terms of your arrangement. And when you live with someone, you're merging your life with theirs. And if those things are not on the same page, it can cause a lot of friction. It's the little things that just chip away and chip away and can really destroy your relationship. You know, so you really have to communicate about Mm -hmm. those things. And if you can communicate about those and you get like a system going with your communication, then when something big rolls around, then you have a track record of good communication and resolving, you know, the little things. Absolutely. Like I'll, I'll, I'll throw myself under this funny bus at the moment and I'll just say, so like, I'm very particular about how condiments are used and, you know, do you, do you put the, the knife in the, the jelly and then put it in the peanut butter? And if you do, are you getting stuff all mixed up? And I, that drives me bonkers, you know, or leaving crumbs in the butter also drives me bonkers. And it's like, so I, I have had to kind of check myself sometimes and be like, okay, is this really a fight worth having? And I've brought it to my wife's attention. And I said, look, you know, I, you know, not that she really does these things, but I might say to her like, hey, if you ever use this and then you use the spoon and this, could you just change spoons? That'd make me feel better. And she has a right to say, you know, that just seems silly. I don't think I'm going to make the time to do that, which then I get to decide. So am I going to have my own jar of peanut butter or am I going to, you know, just be okay with this cross contamination of peanut butter and jelly, which is probably not that big of deal, but Again, it's all about negotiating the terms and material boundaries can get really complicated, especially if all of a sudden you start setting them and you haven't set them before. I used to have my own jar of jelly in a past relationship for the same reason, and I just did it on accident one time. (laughs) Are you serious? That's funny. I swear to God. And then I one day you now have your own jar of jelly. Okay. That's funny. It was because funny. they it was were cross contaminating yeah. it with stuff. And it was an it was a complete accident. That's really funny. And this is also why I say you get me because these little things, like I talk about the clinical side of like the intense symptoms of OCD, but these are some of the ways that it shows up that can really irritate a person, you know, where if I'm sitting there and picking at everything they do because they touched the mayonnaise with the mustard spoon or whatever, or mustard knife or whatever it is, you know, that could really irritate someone. So this is where you also have to be really self-aware around, okay, which boundaries are worth talking about in terms of these little things and which ones ones are just sort of part of living with someone and being in the same relationship with them, knowing that you're not always going to line up on the same things because not everything is worth fighting over. So this is where boundaries and, you know, relationship stuff really get put to the test. Sometimes they really do. The little things dude. got to watch those little things. The little things do add up. But my whole takeaway that I want you to have from today's episode is that it is okay to decide who does and doesn't have access to your stuff. And you get to set those boundaries that are in accordance with how you want to live and how you want your things treated. And it is okay for you to do that. So I know we got to wrap it up. How can people follow along with you and your shenanigans? On the Instagrams at Comedy. Thank you very much. 
<laughs> You're welcome very much. If you do want to follow along with what I've got going on, you can go to lindsaywalden.com. All of the info about all of the things is there. But if you do want to follow on social media, on um, Facebook, it's at Lindsay Walden Consulting. Instagram is at This Is Lindsay Walden. Uh, TikTok is at This Is Lindsay Walden. Pinterest is Therapy Thoughts or Lindsay Walden. And on Clubhouse, I am at Lindsay.Walden. Until next week, I do hope you keep living your best life and trying to set these boundaries. Keep building that relationship of your dreams. And we will be back next week with more.